This is Matt Peters, and it has been far too long since last we spoke. Hi folks, thanks for joining me once again. This episode, my guest is Corey Green. He's a comic artist and colorist, he's a respected name in the Chicago fighting game tournament community, and he's an all-around great guy. You may remember him from previous episodes, but this time around, we're talking about Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I'm sure plenty of you have seen it. Tune in to hear Corey's take on it. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. Now, it's been a busy couple of weeks between last episode and now. One of the things I was proud to take part in was a charity drive through Chicago Nerd Social Club at Cards Against Humanity Theater, benefiting three great charities. The geek community rallied together donating used movies and games for the Night Ministry, which focuses on Chicago's homeless youth, comics for Operation Supply Drop, which provides a welcome distraction for service members and veterans, and books to Open Books, a community-minded nonprofit bookstore. For more events like these that you can take part in, check out chicagonerds.com and follow at chicagonerds on Twitter. Speaking of Cards Against Humanity Theater, join us now for this live recorded Resnaculous segment as we try shrimp chips. Take it away. This is, okay, we'll start with the So this is the first Resnaculous taste test done here at Cards Against Humanity Theater. I'm Matt Peters, I'm joined, as always, by Dolores Peters. Hi. This is going to sound echoey as no. Nope. <laughs> but we're going to make it work. And probably bleep that curse word. Okay, first up, we have the shrimp crackers. Just the regular flavor. Oh, I, before we go any further, thank you so much, Mitchie. And thank Carlin. you, Carlin, wherever <laughs> Carlin is right now, for bringing these to my attention. <laughs> You get the first taste. Oh man. Oh, I okay. smell it now. I oh, smell yeah. it, yeah. It's uh, quite odiferous. So they're mm. literally just corn crackers? Yeah. They're, uh, they're crackers flavored with corn. Yes. Now, oddly, it's lighter than it smells. Exactly. I, I'd say it's more salt than anything. Well, it's definitely got like but, a seafood aftertaste going on. Right. It's really, really mild. If anybody wants any, please step up, take some. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you give a thumbs oh, up, well, thumbs I'm down. Really, I'm, that's a thumbs up. That's a thumbs up, but thumbs I want up. something more interesting. I need something to drink with it. I can say that. Yes. Yes. Water's 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 face. Okay. Bye. 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 See ya. Be safe. All right, next up. We're going. We're going spicy flavor next. <laughs> Smell spicy. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, not, yeah. Not, not crazy spicy, but that's okay. We're gonna see what happens. I'll jump in first I'm this ready time. For it. Yeah, we're still going. Okay. So I give the spicy ones a thumbs up. How about you? Yeah, but it's like it's interesting because it's kind of sweet at first. And then kind of like becomes a little bit spicier, just a little bit. Yeah. But it does kind of feel like it kind of tastes like um after you've been eating hot cheese doodles for a little bit and then you lick your fingers. Yes. A little bit. Because you gotta lick your fingers when you eat hot cheese. Oh my god. It's important. You cannot let that flavor go to waste. <laughs> <laughs> Do not wash that flavor off. And last but not least, we have the yes chips, the garlic oh, oh, flavor. Oh, oh yes, yes chips. Those, those were, I would like to point out that those were Carlin's finds because they had three samples. <laughs> Thank you, Carlin. Now, the bag is already tough to open. Like, it's like, you don't want to mess with these. <laughs> right. Watch these. Yeah. Okay, we, we've done such a good job fitting, and I'm about to open up this bag and explode these everywhere. Okay, here we go. Okay. <laughs> oh, these are shaped a little bit oh, differently. They're, they're like a scoop. They are. Or like a... Um, 
Okay, we're gonna wrap this up. So the garlic version, what do you think, D? I think I want more. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I think. Now these no. are the most like rambunctious of the chips so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, admittedly, I do want a lot of these, so. Oh my God, yeah. Oh my God, they're like packing peanuts yes. in my tummy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, I am okay with this. So if you're going on a long trip if by freight, mm-hmm. you want to get a lot of these in your system. By freight in particular? Oh, by freight in particular. Mm. <laughs> All Man. right, so thumbs up to the trip chips. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks once again, Mitchie and Kylan. Thank you all for listening to this impromptu recording. <laughs> and we'll see you next time on Snackulous Adventures. All right, folks, thanks for listening to that first half. I hope you enjoyed our Resnaculous impromptu recording. And now for my conversation with Corey Green about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. A lot of Street Fighter stuff is happening this month, so yeah. A lot yeah, of street it's getting nice out, so you got to get the kids back in the arcades. <laughs> uh, that Well, that and really the tournament scene for the game has really picked up. I just went to a tournament yesterday, not yesterday, Saturday, uh-huh. the same place, Ignite is having a tournament. Uh, they would have a weekly at um, Ignite on Mondays. The new place got a weekly out in the southwest suburbs. They're doing a weekly on Saturdays. And we got Kevin's event, and um, also the big one is uh, – gonna be combo breaker at the end of the month so that i'm going to I have to register for that and so i can register and i can compete in, in, in the big tournament so yeah cool all right man well i guess we should get to the big story here which is uh guardians of the galaxy volume two so um i guess we can do a couple minutes without spoilers what did you um what did you think of the movie Oh, man, I had a lot of fun with the movie, man. Um, I really enjoyed the first film, and it had, um, I mean, with all the, actually, the first movie, I almost felt like, without pretty much just on the hype train, but I do feel like it was like this generation of Star Wars. I really was kind of taken back by the first film and really amazed by it, and uh, I had a lot of fun. I'll probably laugh the most out of any Marvel film in, in the first film. And the second one did not disappoint. Uh, a lot of gags, lots of um, Easter eggs and other cool stuff, That other uh, fun things that was in it. Yeah, lots of callbacks, um, that sort of thing. Lots of callbacks, yeah, a lot of cameos, yeah. The cameos was, was really pretty funny and pretty pretty shocking, actually. Yeah, I was surprised by that, too. We can talk about that in the next segment, but... Um, I, I know that you had a lot that you wanted to discuss about uh, the sequel itself because you were talking about putting up a video and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to write a review. We should just combine forces and uh, come up with yeah. something interesting here. So, Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I don't know. I, I thought the movie... And that's, that's interesting you compare it to Star Wars because one of the things that I noticed the most uh, in, in this film and the last, of course, but especially this one, was the, the diversity of the different alien races. They really just came with so many different designs. So much crazy stuff I would never think or thought of, and it just all just felt natural, and it was just, just worked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got a blue guy, you got an orange guy, you got a guy who's, who's who has fist scales, you got a guy whose face is made out of crystals, you got a, you got a chick who has tentacle, who has antennas on her head. You got another girl who, who who's who's purple with 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 long ears. It this it all just works. Yeah, you got whatever Drax is, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how about that? I mean, and, and I don't feel like this is a spoiler too much, but 
we have former WWE heavyweight champion Dave Batista and action star Vin Diesel sharing a loving embrace at the end of the film. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was yeah, something that was else. That's that's guy love yeah. right there, man. They strong enough, be. you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it too. I'm I'm glad that people are reacting well to it because I want more movies like this. I don't want copycats, but you know, just in the me vein, neither. You know, in the vein of just having a good time at the movies, you know. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, comicbook.com. I love the website, but these oh, autoplay dang. videos get under Daddy my skin. Ads. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and now they've got it so you can't get in the site without actually letting the ads play. You you got to turn off your ad block. I go there as seldomly as possible. No, I can't deal because I, I mostly see their stuff on my mobile device on my phone, mm-hmm. and I almost hate clicking there because I have to go through a bazillion ads. I have to ask, actually hit one and close. It's just annoying. It just drives me crazy. It is. It is. All yeah. right, but back to the subject yes. matter at hand. All right, mm-hmm. let's. Let's give it a rating. Let's talk about star rating. How many stars out of four would you give Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? I'm going to go out in the wind. I'm just going to give it all four stars for me. Man, okay. I know you're a big DC head, so that's kind of cool that you're giving Marvel some love in this case. Well, I like both. Um, I really think DC doesn't get a fair shake, but what I think what Marvel brings to the table is and, and, and the, the, the comic book film detractors really crack me up marvel yes they do make comic book films but all their films are all vastly different actually all their properties are all all their cinematic tv properties are all just vastly different that's true you can't you know just to to think that this exists in the same world as a luke cage is just mind-blowing yeah (laughs) <laughs> Luke, can, Luke can just say hi he can say hi to Groot and then you know play checkers with Steve Rogers all in the same universe it is totally freaking possible and then go kick it with Spider-Man later and fight, and fight some goons yes <laughs> it's totally possible I want to see that Who movie thunk it? Yeah. <laughs> alright so you yeah. give it four stars I give it I give it four stars too I was talking to a friend of mine today Lex Lutz uh, listeners know her from uh, MightyInc.net she writes mm-hmm. a lot of our, um, our our TV stuff for the site. But yeah, mm-hmm. I was talking to her. I'm hard-pressed to find anything that I did not like about this film. From start to finish, the music, the comedy, the action, the, the color palette, even just thinking about Yondu just being that bright blue that he is. Like what... Yeah, whatever James Gunn does, he he does it well. He ha- he has this eye and this ear. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. It's some special magic pixie dust, but whatever it is, <laughs> he has it. He 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 brings it to life and makes all this stuff work, and you just have no problem. Like yeah, all the bright colors, people are bright orange and blue and green, and and is. And we just and, just, and your eyeballs just like okay, nothing really sticks out like it doesn't it doesn't fit. I don't right. know how he does it, but he just does it. Right. It's it's just great. It's great. So, yeah, I give it four stars. You give it four stars. It's just it's a wonderful film all around. So, big ups to Marvel for putting that out there. This is a hard pause right here, ladies and gentlemen. If you have not seen the film, take that part of the review that Corey and I just laid down. Go see the film and come back and listen to the to the next part that we're about to do here. Because we're just spoiler heavy at this point. So spoiler alert. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about some of these these um these cameos, man. Some of these Easter eggs that they had. Uh of, of people. Oh god. You know, first thing Jeez. that pops to mind. Who's that? What'd you say? 
there are some I didn't even know about. I talked to a friend recently, but yeah, but go ahead, start. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's I don't want to start from the bottom. I don't want to say he's the bottom, but it was kind of funny seeing Seth Green or hearing Seth Green once again reprise his role as uh, Howard the Duck. Uh, from yeah, the, from I was Easter like, egg. what the hell? Howard the Duck is back. <laughs> <laughs> Just drinking a martini as he does. Drinking a martini and chilling, and, and he doesn't. And again. But somehow they make this work where he doesn't stick out. He doesn't feel out of, out of place. He's in there with everybody else having a good time at a space bar. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that was cool. And I was a big fan of uh, Smallville for the majority of the time. It was on, uh, uh-huh. what was it at the time? C- no, it wasn't CW. It was the WB at the time. I was a big yeah, fan WB. of that. So it was cool hearing Michael Rosenbaum, also the Flash on Justice League Animated, he played, mm-hmm. I don't even know the character's name. He was that crystal face dude. Yeah, I, I know the guy. I don't, I don't know his name either. Yeah, I'm awful mm-hmm. at this. I should, I should really have up IMDb while we're doing this, but that's okay. I'm just that excited about the yeah. movie. I couldn't wait to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, everybody, of course, knew that Sylvester Stallone was going to be in there, but we didn't know what part he was going to play. Um, he turned out to be the, the, the leader, the de facto leader of the Ravager crew, which was neat. Um, uh-huh. You know, we have Ving Rhames <laughs> taking a break from the Arby's commercials to come up. Yeah, I was just like, wait, what? Ving Rhames in this movie? Like, who's not in this movie? <laughs> it's so weird on those Arby's commercials. It's like, yes, Marcellus Wallace selling me beef sandwiches. What's going on? Right. Yeah, but it works. It works. Um, yeah, man. I can't. Who else was in there? Who else was a big, uh, a big cameo appearance there? Of course, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah, the Hasselhoff cameo was funny, man. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, and it's wow. funny too. He he even did an original song for the film that they played during the credits at the very end. <laughs> really? Oh yes. wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah, wow. yeah. Yeah. You know, people people dig the Hoff. So that'd be yeah, it'd be Hoff. interesting if he's in this and he doesn't show up in um, uh, Baywatch with the Rock. You know he's gonna pop up in Baywatch. He's got to. He's he, You know he is. He's yeah. got to. So we'll 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 stand by for that. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, like I said, spoiler portion. What do you? What did? What else stuck out to you that you wanted to kind of like? Oh, on? before I get into that, you know, to get super sweaty, nerdy. The Hoff <laughs> <laughs> was an aforementioned, extremely probably, to, in my opinion, the worst Marvel film. He was the original Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. He's done the double tap in the Marvel Universe. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I let that out. That was pretty awful. <laughs> okay, sorry. What was the question again? The question is, what else stood out in the movie now that we're in spoiler territory? What else did you wanna what else did you wanna hit? What else you wanna talk about? One more cameo who I didn't I did not see coming were the watchers. Yes, that's... And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) There were rumors going around that there was a trade that somehow Marvel and Fox traded a Fantastic Four character for um, one of the characters that was in Deadpool. I I think it was uh, Negasonic, maybe, possibly, because she was... Uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Right, she was created after the deal. So they had to trade one of their Fantastic Four characters... And now we know that the character they traded was Uatu and just the, the Watchers in general. So, <laughs> to me, that changes the game. If the Watchers are now they are officially part of Marvel Cinematic. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I did not see that coming, and just did not having, see coming either. Having Stan up there, just chewing and chewing the fat with him, that was neat. 
That was, really that was too funny, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it confirms that that meme that you see floating around too, that he's bigger than he seems, that he's playing the same character in every movie and these heroes just happen upon him all the time. Right. So, yeah. I mean, there's there's just so much to geek out, geek out about with this film. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, man, I really dug it. Uh, did you see it 3D or did you just see it on the regular screen? I saw the regular. I'm probably going to see it again 3D to get the full uh, brunt of it. Although the regular isn't bad. I'm Although I'm not a 3D kind of sort like that. Yeah. But I do believe these superhero movies, you, in my opinion, you get your money's worth by seeing with the best sound. And the 3D shows mostly have the best sound for them. And that's how I recommend if you, if you got the extra money, go ahead and break down and see it. It's the most of stuff, most stuff in 3D or and or a very good sound system. Mm-hmm. It makes a world of difference. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back and see it in 3D. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, Dolores and I saw it in 3D. We caught the uh, the early morning show, and it was a little bit cheaper that way. You know, we like to save a buck yeah. too, spend it on popcorn, what have you. So yeah. we saw it in 3D. We saw the morning show, and you're right. The surround sound that they had going on was fantastic, specifically yeah. specifically with um, the sequence where Yondu and Rocket are walking across that catwalk, and he's just letting his arrow just do all the work. You can hear that everywhere in the theater around you. It is amazing. Wow. Like that to me validated the uh the 3D in that film completely. It was it was a great moment. So, yeah, like like you were just saying, folks, if you haven't seen it in 3D, please go back and check it out again uh in 3D just to hear that surround sound. Top now, notch. back to now back to you say what else that uh stuck out for me really what stuck out the most was probably Yandu. I was really just well, Michael Rooker is already a great talent to begin with, and I had no idea the movie would really tug at the heartstrings about Yandu. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he was just a, just a really stellar, broke-out character, for me anyway, that I didn't, didn't know I would really... I mean, I liked him already, but I really cared about him and what happened to his demise at the end of the movie. And really, you kind of find out really deep down he's not as bad as you really think he has a hard exterior he does a lot of questionable things but you get to the surface he's not as bad as he portrays to be and um and here's the funny thing about the film in general that's almost a metaphor for the film with all the goofiness the talking trees the 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 snarty raccoon and the end jokes and whatnot. The film itself has a lot of heart in it. It's about a, it's about family and connections, and you wouldn't think it would be in in, in this big crazy movie and crazy universe. It all works, and, and it's and it's about that. I didn't expect it to expect to see the relationship between um, Gamora and. Um, Nebula. Well, Nebula. And yeah. although I really liked Nebula in the first movie, I wanted to see more of her, and they dealt with that. And it's like this... Uh, I thought Nebula was just like, okay, I'm evil. I want to kill my sister for XYZ reason. Like, no, she, you, you really felt for her character, and they have really deep family issues. Right. That's, bro, that's why they really liked it. And she had a chance to really, like, end it, and she still didn't. And there's still love there, but it's, it's still really strained. And I never thought about that. I never thought that deep into that character like that. And that that was really, I think, really strong, too. I agree. And I, I kind of want to piggyback on that, too. You know, 
there were before the first Guardians movie came out, there was a big uproar about the way that women were being uh, utilized in the Marvel universe. You know, there was the whole really yeah. Well, you know, the whole thing with the the Black Widow action figures not being included in different Avengers sets. Yeah, I was a little annoyed that it wasn't that much Gamora merch. I'm like, okay, it was all the merch for the other characters. I'm like, okay, where's the Gamora merch at? <laughs> yeah, and you're right about that. And it seems like they, they did try to course correct that. You know, at Target, as a matter of fact, they have one of those five packs of the action figures. And she is, they wanted to make sure she was in the middle of the set. So it's like, hey guys, look, we're, we're trying. But I wanted to touch upon James Gunn and his, his writing and directing mm-hmm. skills. Because shortly before the first one came out, he said something that uh, was a little off online. You know, I understand that, you know, you just kind of speak freely and things slip out. I get it. Right. I'm definitely not giving him a pass on, on anything. But the way that he wrote the story between Gamora and Nebula, it really gave these female characters agency. It gave Gamora something to do besides, you know, just be a love interest for Peter Quill. And I thought right. that was amazing. I cared about that storyline. That was, to me, that was like the B story of the movie. Um, I, uh, you know, and I, I got to tell you, unlike you, I didn't really see a place for Nebula in the sequel. I'm like, okay, why are they bringing her back? She already tried to do it. Oh, I wanted her back. I liked her. I liked her more than I thought I would. I didn't, I didn't go in thinking about oh, what they can do with Nebula. I didn't really think nothing of her. I thought she was another character in the movie. Yeah. In the first film, I was like, wow, she's really cool and really different and really kind of quirky and, and but I'm I'm really interested to see what's more with her and I got that in this film. Yeah. That yeah. that's the button this film hit for me. And I'm I glad we did. I'm glad that they had that moment in there because that was some of the best stuff just seeing their relationship evolve like you said. So <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, overall I love the movie. Oh, uh big big ups to Kurt Russell too, man. I mean, when a lot of these celebrities get in these comic book films, they just phone it in. You know, famously, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. He just showed up, <laughs> put on the costume, and handed up for like... I mean, at the time, Arnold was, like, still the dude at the time. Yeah. He he could do a movie about fighting munchkins in, 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 in Smurfland, and it would just sell movie tickets because it was Arnold. I would buy that um, one, too. <laughs> and I'd probably buy it, too, because yeah. I'm a jerk like that. Um, but I think Marvel... I'm glad Marvel Studios really gets these OG actors... And every time they're in it, they kill it when they're in these movies. Yeah. And most of them, a lot of the, some of the some of the OG actors really like being these Marvel films, whatever parts they play, big or small. And I'm glad they're getting that consideration, and they get introduced to a new new generation of fans, and they just kill it. I never thought I would see Glenn Close in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie uh, playing part of Nova. That's true. She was in that and killed it. Yeah, yeah. For the for so, the moment yeah. that she was in it, she did she did show up. Michelle Yeoh. You know, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. And I think stuff. Pacino, I think he expressed interest in work doing a Marvel film. I can't think what character he could play, but I'm sure Marvel finds something for him to do, and then he'll probably play that and kill that, too. Yep. The movie had a lot of obviously video game-inspired moments. Um, one of yeah. Which, you know, <laughs> the aliens. It really did. When Rocket was in the trees and he was planting all those explosive devices everywhere, it, to me, felt just like Ratchet and Clank just how he was doing everything that was cool right um and of course when the um oh my god i can't think of the alien race but when uh the golden colored aliens people were on the yeah, planet the... controlling those drones it looked like they were in an arcade just playing like they're in a video game like exactly. they're playing the star wars pause it's like for real guys i'm like and they had the sound effects and everything and i'm just like i'm 
in the theater just like whoa yeah yeah <laughs> they'd be crazy if they didn't make an arcade unit out of that you know just <laughs> everybody you know they're going to do something with it it's going to it's going to do something yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. all right man i mean I, th- I think we pretty much covered everything is there is there anything else that you wanted to touch upon before uh we wrap it up uh we didn't talk about our the movie star and that star lord and his dad that's i true. thought i thought di- that dynamic was interesting too that is true man. Um, there's, there's and, so much in this film it's easy to forget about the main character that's how crazy that is yeah and how they played off ego of the living planet because i really had no idea how was Kurt Russell gonna be he's gonna be a big huge head how are they gonna pull that off yeah and they pretty much said like you know it's more of a host body his human body is more of a host body and then spoiler alert again he actually has spread his seeds all across the universe in different planets. Literally and figuratively. Literally and figuratively. And it just <laughs> that was just super crazy. Yeah. Um, and him being a celestial was just like, wow. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, with this film, and this is why I harp on other franchises to do this. This is why I think Power Rangers succeeded too. <clears throat> You have to care about characters and right. character relationships. You can't you can't not take the character seriously and do it willy nilly. And you got to be consistent. And that's something I think Marvel does. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, love it or hate it, or if it's your cup of tea or not, they really make sure you care about characters. And Kevin Feige has stuck to his gun, saying we're not going to give you a movie and give you a favorite character or, or just introduce a new character. You see them for three seconds and they're gone. You don't see them again the rest of the movie. We're not going to cheap you like that. We introduce any type of character, new or so. You're going to get some character development. They're going to be integral to the plot or whatever. You're going to get some screen time or something. We're giving you something to satisfy you with. And we're not just going to throw a character in the movie for it uh, who's somewhat important or a new character, a beloved character. And they're there for all of like three or five seconds or don't, don't have any uses. And they've restuck their guns on that and got got out of that whole Hollywood trapping. That's my one gripe I have with, with the X-Men movies, although I have a theory. I, I, it makes this quick. To me, they should spread the characters out, so many characters in an ensemble film, no one's cheated because those characters are in other films. But again, Guardians really take those characters seriously and their relationships seriously and their stories seriously, and they're all consistent, and they do a good job at it. I agree. And uh, last but not least... Before we go, of course, we have to talk about Baby Groot. <laughs> I thought... Who, who won Who won over the entire audience between definitely. Baby Groot and, and, and Drax. <laughs> <laughs> With that opening dance sequence, he went over the entire crowd, man. Like, yeah. I was ready to be slightly annoyed. I'm like, okay, this is cutesy. He's going to be the, the comedic foil for this entire film. But you talk about heart. They built in so much childlike wonder and heart into Groot, you know. They, shout out to Vin Diesel for not being too. Big. Again, I don't know how they do this stuff. Like, how, they, he never seemed annoying. He never seemed out of place. Right. He won everybody over, and it's like, again, whatever stuff James Gunn and them and the guys are and, and the girls are over there are doing, and Pixie does. They know what they're doing. Whatever it is, I couldn't. I couldn't explain it. <laughs> Well, I'm glad they know how to do it right, man. Yeah. And I'm also glad that you were able to join me on the show tonight, Corey. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you, sir. All right, man. 
And folks, thank you for listening tonight. Um, you know, tune in next time. Of course, as you all know, Cast Today 2017 is coming back. So stay tuned uh, for more information about that very soon. I'm at. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at Peters for Corey Green saying, "Stay mighty."